0: Praise your Lord. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. We greet all of our guests and we are thankful that you are here today and we, we welcome you. We pray that you feel the presence of the Lord and that you are in the company of friendly, loving people and um, that you will want to come back again and again. Praise God. We do have a 6.30 p.m. service every Sunday. Uh, That's for those that don't know. We have prayer at 6 and then service at 6.30. We have multiple campuses that come together on Sunday evening. And um, it's always a very powerful time. You don't want to miss it tonight. I'm going to turn your attention to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to... I'm going to point out some things in this scripture text. I know, I know when we're, we're trying to grasp scripture, we usually do that by mental assent or trying to disuse our understanding. But really, scripture requires the influence of the spirit and the revelation of the Spirit, and there are layers behind Scripture. There are there's principles, and then there's contextual meanings, and and then there are meanings beneath the meaning, beneath the meaning, beneath the meaning. And I think that we spend uh, many years trying to truly understand what the Word of God, what the Lord is trying to teach us, so that it is not just a textbook but that we it is truly helping us to be right with God and to please God and to know exactly what he requires of us and i brethren when i came to you paul said came not with excellency of speech that's important He's not just talking about verbosity. He, uh, he is talking about something much deeper than that. He said, I, I came not to you with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determine not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ. That's a powerful statement. The apostle Paul, the one that wrote the majority of the New Testament, if you think it's not about Christ, the entire Bible is about Christ. He said, of all the things that I know, he said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Paul speaks to his His inability, his own weakness, his own fears, his own tremblings. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. That's important. It was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. You can either have man's wisdom or you can have the demonstration of the spirit and power of God. That your faith, watch this, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. I, I don't want to talk to you about anything. I don't want to give you enticing words. I don't want to just tell you a catchy story. I don't want to just make it entertaining for you, lest your faith be in that. But in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect yet not the wisdom of the world we speak wisdom to mature saints but we don't speak to them the wisdom of the world nor of the princes of this world that come to naught but we speak the wisdom of God how in a mystery the word of God is a mystery we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Now, if it's hidden and if it's the wisdom of God and, and I need to research and I need to pray and I need to fast and I need to let revelation come, I'm not going to stop until I find what the Lord has hidden beneath the pages of this book to find out exactly what I need to know. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, They would not have crucified the Lord of glory, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. I want to see those things. I want to know those things. But God hath revealed, everybody say revelation. He hath revealed them unto us by his what? By his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now just because they're freely given doesn't mean they're easily given. We have to know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. He keeps coming back to this. But which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. That's why many people are trying to dissect the Bible, and they're trying to philosophize, and they're trying to exegete, and they're trying to break things down in an educational way. And some things still look foolish to them in the Word of God because they are spiritually discerned. And if you don't add the spiritual revelation aspect to the Word of God, you will never find God. You'll never find it. You can reason it, but you won't find it. Spiritual discernment and spiritual revelation is not reasoning. He said because they are spiritually discerned. but he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I, I want the mind of Christ. I want the mind of Christ. Paul said, I, I determine not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I want to preach to you today from the subject, Blessed. Subtraction. Blessed subtraction. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your loving kindness that's in this place today. And I pray that you would give us understanding. I pray that you would open our minds that we may understand the scripture, open our understanding, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, give us a heart to understand. In the name of the Lord God. I pray against every form of deception, every form of carnality that would block the flow of your anointing and your revelation in this place. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to leave with a better understanding of you than we walked in here with. Everybody said in Jesus' name. You may be seated. When we speak in the terms of man's wisdom, we we think in terms of things we think in terms of things we talk about what god is able to do what he will do and we talk about what we will do those are things things i'm working on being more patient we talk about patience and becoming more patient as if it is a thing we talk about Obtaining humility as if it is a possession that is a thing that is out there that we bring into our lives. But in the spiritual realm, there is, there is no patience and there is no humility. There is no light. There are none of these things because those are things of the natural realm. In the spirit realm, there is only Christ And so we say we are working on humility as if it is something that we must acquire. And we talk about what Christ does as if it is from the outside working toward us. That Christ is going to do something to us. In 2 Peter, that's man's wisdom. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, according as his divine power hath given us all things... His divine power hath given us all things. That means that when we receive the power of God, we possess all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We we receive all things that pertain unto life. That's a big thing. And godliness. Through the knowledge of Him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. Now these things are not... Not like you think. The scripture said that we have been given all things through the knowledge of Him. Through the knowledge of Him. Who is the Him at the end of verse 3 there? It is Christ. Anything that produces things is dead from within and it produces death without. It is what man produces. It's what the flesh can produce. The flesh produces things. God does not produce things. Flesh produces things. And so we work and we strive to do certain things so that we can become a better Christian. But that's man's wisdom. In John chapter 8 and verse 28, the Bible said, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, Then shall you know that I am he. When the Son of Man is lifted up, you shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things which please him. I do the things that please him, because he sent me. And because he's not left me alone. And because I am saying and doing the things that the father taught. Christ is God's everything. And he is our everything. He was not just the son of man that walked the earth for 33 and a half years. And so we look at Christ. And we look at the scripture. We look at the old covenant and the new covenant. And we look at things that we think God Requires As if they are things God did not require a lamb God does not provide the bread of life As if it is a thing God does not provide light in the world As if it is a thing The world needs light So I'm going to give them this thing It is not a thing Instead Christ is the lamb And Christ is the bread of life And Christ is the light of life the world, God did not give us light, he gave us Christ He did not tell Mary and Martha on the death of Lazarus I will give Lazarus resurrection He said I am the resurrection He did not give us a lamb, he is the lamb He does not give us bread, he is the bread I got to get you to get that before I move on These are things, but in the kingdom of God, there are no things. There is only Christ. And whoever gives, whoever gives, whoever Christ gives, whatever Christ gives is his very own self. He gives himself. If we need bread, he gives himself to us. If we need light, he gives himself to us. If we need a lamb, he gives himself to us. If we need redemption, he gives himself to us to us these are not things that's man's wisdom man's wisdom thinks in terms of things he does not give us hope he is our hope he does not he is not just our redeemer he is our redemption he does not give us wisdom Christ is our wisdom and he is the wisdom that makes us wise he is not just the sanctifier he is our sanctification he is not just our savior but he is our salvation you'll understand here in just a moment if you're going to understand God, you're going to have to change the way that you think from man's wisdom. Man's wisdom is something that man's, man relies on as a result of the fall of man, man's disobedience, who partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. From the knowledge of good and evil, from that tree, came the birth of man's wisdom unbridled. And so we have to change that. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5, The Bible said by faith Enoch was translated that he could not see death. He could not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. The goal is not to impress God. The goal is to please God. The goal is not to just label his commandments and do your checklist of the commandments. The goal is to please God. The commandments are there to give us the identity of sin. But relationship and prayer and spirituality and praise and worship is there to give us an understanding of God. To help us to know what we must do to please him. For without faith. That's the next verse. Enoch pleased God by faith. He pleased God. He walked with God. Enoch didn't need a commandment. He had faith. His faith in God caused a transformation in him so that he was translated, amen, because he pleased God. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. Where there is an absence of faith, you cannot please him. You say, I, I, don't, I don't think that God, God is that strict. I don't think he's that cruel, that... That if my faith dips, then, then, I, then I can't please Him. The Bible said, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Now, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the one thing you need to understand is that faith is an element of the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't come from man. It's not from flesh. It's not from man's wisdom. It's not from mental ascent. Faith is not something you psych yourself up into. Faith comes from the Spirit of God. If you have the Spirit of God, you have the fruit of the Spirit, and part of the fruit of the Spirit is faith. The question is, do you want your faith or do you want his faith? Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is that he is. That he is what? That he is our hope. That he is our salvation. That he is our redemption. That he is our healing. Are you listening this morning? And that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. But the reward is Christ. We're joint heirs with Christ. And without Christ, we are not heirs of anything. If you don't have Christ, you're not an heir of anything. I'm not talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. The fullness of the Godhead was in Christ bodily. It was in Jesus bodily. If you don't have Jesus, you have no inheritance. We're joint heirs with Christ. We are not joint heirs with the Father. We are not joint heirs with the Holy Ghost. We are joint heirs with Christ who became all things for us. The gift, the reward is Christ. The reward, are you still with me? The reward is Christ. Don't miss this. You've got to stay attentive this morning. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave not redemption, not salvation, not healing, not, not hope, not not the lamb, he gave Christ, which is all that. The gift was Christ. The gift was not a raise. The gift was not, was not a new car. The gift was not a new house. The gift was Christ, and everything we have comes out of Christ. If it doesn't come out of Christ, it comes out of the flesh, and flesh produces death. Why don't you worship him for a moment? Now, Paul said this in Corinth in chapter chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, for the love of Christ constraineth us, the love of Christ. Do you get that? Not emotional love, not filial love. Not even really agape love. You, you, you can't classify the love of Christ in human terms. The love of Christ constrains us. Because we thus judge that if that if one died for all. Then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. So if we don't live unto ourselves, who do we live unto? We live unto God through Christ. Stay with me. But unto him, that's Christ, which died for them and rose again, wherefore henceforth know we No man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Christ has been crucified. Christ was buried in a tomb. Christ was resurrected on the third day. Christ ascended up into heaven, so we don't know him after the flesh anymore. We are busy trying to define Christ within the confines of the flesh, but we don't know him after the flesh anymore. He is all-encompassing. He is the head of the church. He is the He is the one that gave the keys to the kingdom. He is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And he is a name that is highly exalted. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of what? He's Lord of all. He's Lord of all. He has it all. He possesses all things. Stay with me. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you can't live unto yourself any longer. You gave that up. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your members. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? He is a new creature. Anybody know what new is? Anybody know what new is? That means brand spanking sparkly new. Still got the sticker price on it. The sticker price on you doesn't say a million dollars. It says the blood. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You are not the same creature you were before the blood as you are after the blood. Stay with me. Now, this is what he said. Old things, old things, old things, old things. Things. Fornication, lying, conniving, deception, uncleanness, hatred, prejudice, racism. Old things are passed away. They're not part of your life anymore because now you are in Christ. Behold, all things are become new. I can't forget what I used to be. Well, God did. And God covered it with the blood. He made it new. He took the old and he made it new. He didn't repair your life. He made it new. It's as if you had never sinned. That's what justification is. It's just as if you had never sinned. And listen, now he says all things, all things, you got to pay attention here. All things. We think in terms of things. And so God is speaking about things and he's telling us all things are as God or of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ hath and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ God was in Christ he's not a separate god God the god that said let there be light the god that created the heavens and the earth God was in Christ he was in Christ Christ was the body amen Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made, that we might be made the righteousness of God by, in him. We are made righteous in Christ. We are made righteous in Christ. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3, for you are dead, you are dead, the old man is dead, old things are passed away, and your life, look, is hid in Christ or with Christ in God. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, this is where most of you that, that have been thinking a certain way for a certain length of time, maybe all of your life or ever since you've gotten in the church, this is where you think, oh, I've already got the message figured out. Well, I know that. I know I'm in Christ. But we don't act like we're in Christ. When Christ, who is our life, we don't have another life. We gave up the old life. Christ is our life now. This is our reasonable service to present our bodies a living sacrifice unto him, holy and acceptable. Amen. To please him. Enoch please God by faith. We please him by faith. With our faith, we are believed that we are hid in Christ. When the flesh fails, we are hid in Christ. It doesn't mean God overlooks our sin. It means that we are hidden in Christ and Christ is functioning through us. Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. The Passion Translation says it like this. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. If you're trying to make this home, you miss the whole plan of salvation. If you're trying to be more comfortable in this world, you miss the whole idea of salvation. He's trying to pluck us out of this world. He's trying to sever the tie. He severed the tie of this life in our life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is... Who you really are will also be revealed for you are now one with him in his glory. You have been glorified if you have been through the cross of Christ. Now allow me to read this because I was headed down this direction and I came across this note at at just the beginning of the book of Colossians. Uh, The writer here in the Bible was uh, the the, uh, translation that I was looking at, the common word uh, study Bible. Was just making this note about the book of Colossians, so allow me to just read this verbatim here because it encapsulates it so well. It says Paul's purpose in writing this letter was to refute the heretical teaching that was influencing the Colossian church. Paul's references to circumcision and food regulations and feast days indicate that this heresy involved Judaistic tendencies. It differed from the heresy in Galatia in that it integrated an early form of Gnostic teach or philosophy, which consisted of ascetic ideas and the worship of angels as intermediator, inter- intermediaries between God and man. Supposedly, one could achieve listen, supposedly, one could achieve perfection by progressing through a number of initiations and levels of wisdom in spiritual mysteries. That's what we do. We are trying to get closer to God by thinking more about Him and by trying to philosophize in our mind, if I do this, then God will be pleased with me. If I act like this, if I be more humble, if I will be more gentle, if I will be more kind. But those are things. God is not going to be impressed because you brought a new thing into your life or because you became more humble. Humility is Christ, and gentleness is Christ. Kindness is Christ. Christ and if those things don't come from Christ and they come from your own disciplines you have missed you have missed the whole process of redemption and salvation I know I lost some of you right there you just went off and just whoa the train just derailed right there you cannot initiate yourself into a deeper walk with God you cannot go to church enough to get a deeper walk with God. You can't pay, you can't throw enough money in the pan to, to get closer to God. You can't be kind enough to be closer to God. What you have to understand is by faith, I am now being filled with the Spirit of God, being baptized in the name of Jesus. I've been baptized into Christ. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And by faith I walk in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so his gentleness and his kindness. And his humility. <laughs> now he said, instead of refuting the false teaching, I'm still reading this point by point, Paul shows that all things are fulfilled in the person of Christ. He stresses that all wisdom and spiritual understanding can be found in the God man, that is Christ Jesus, who redeemed them and now holds authority over all things. He then goes on to explain the relationship of mortifying the deeds of the flesh to being alive through the Spirit. Now, here's where the revelation needs to come in. If your Christianity is not producing life, it's not Christianity at all. Christianity is not defined by kindness. It's not defined by gentleness. It's not defined by feeding the poor. Christianity is not defined by treating your neighbor right and I'm just going to be a better person. That's flesh. That's discipline, not discipleship. You can work yourself into being a better person. They have YouTube videos and, and seminars and they have books about it that are written by people from all over the world, and you can mentally focus and concentrate on being a better person that has better contact or conduct, but that does not mean that Christ is working through you. When Christ is working through you, you will naturally be more gentle. If you've given up your life. And you have joined yourself by faith in Christ, and you have surrounded yourself with Christ, and it is Christ in you, the hope of glory, to live as Christ, to die as gain. If your life is Christ, then those things are Christianity. But the conduct of these things do not define Christianity. That's why one person can be gentle, but they can be arrogant. They can be kind, but they can still be full of pride. Jesus is not full of pride, and then gentle. He is gentle, and he is humble. And everything about Christ is complete. We are complete in Him. And the struggle that we have is that we are working on our incompletions
1: by how we think and trying to discipline ourselves to have better conduct. It is not about conduct if it doesn't come from Christ. But if it comes from Christ. Your contact, your conduct will be Christian. Well, come on, clap your
0: hands unto the Lord and take a deep breath because I know some of you trying to figure it out right now. We work on things. Well, I got to be more gentle. And so we're gentle and then we're gentle and we're gentle and we're gentle with people and we're gentle with this and we're gentle with that. And then all of a sudden something happens and we're not gentle. We lose it. And we fail because that didn't come from Christ. So the next time you aren't gentle, you will experience this feeling of death on the inside. These are human terms, gentleness, humility. These are human terms that we attribute to uncrucified flesh. The flesh of Christ was nailed to the cross. We see him going through this brutal, Mutilating torture Don't ever think that the cross was meant to be pretty It was brutal We can't imagine the level of torture That took place at the cross And they buried him in a borrowed tomb He rose again on the third day Now I mentioned this not long ago But when he came out He was not woundless the wounds were still in his hands, still in his feet. The hole was still in his side. And he told Thomas, if you don't believe that I'm the same Christ, take your hand, take your finger, put it through the holes in my hand and take your fist or your hand and put it through the hole in my side. There were things about Christ that survived the cross And whatever survives the cross is glorified by God because God allows it to move into your life with Christ. The goal is not to be gentle. The goal is to let Christ live in you the goal is not to be wise the goal is to live in the wisdom of God we strive to be more gentle we strive to be more compassionate we strive to be more loving but we will never accomplish those goals in the flesh because they only produce death and in the end they will fail miserably we can only live in Christ now the only way to do that is to allow yourself to be totally crucified now this if you hadn't heard anything else I said you need to hear this right here. Christ did not die the moment they nailed him on the cross. For 6 hours he moved up and down on the cross. For 6 hours he moved up and down on the cross. The problem with us a lot of times is that we're nailed to the cross. We've given up our lives but we're still alive. In the flesh. And we're moving up and down on our cross. And we're, trying, we're still trying to hold on to the life we had. Anybody hearing me right now? It was moving up and down. We're moving up and down on the cross. Trying to breathe. The old man is trying to die. And we're trying to keep him alive. And when finally Christ gave up the ghost... Redemption, as far as being the lamb, that part of it was finished. And you will never understand what the fullness of Christ feels like, looks like, or acts like until you get to a place in your life where you stop breathing and stop trying to live the old way. You're trying to mentally psych your out, self out to have the conduct of Christ. And to do something that impresses God. Are you here right now? But on the inside, there is a will that will not give up. And you're still moving up and down on your cross. You're still trying to breathe. And you're still trying to reach back into the, into the old way. But the Lord is trying to subtract some things to you that you cannot take through the cross. And there are some things that he's going to let live again on the other side of the tomb that you bury the old man in. There are some things that he's going to let live on the other side of baptism. And what survives the cross will be resurrected by God because God will be able to use it for his kingdom. Are you hearing me this morning? God is trying to bless you with some subtraction in your life he is trying to take you to a place of the death of your will you know why some can't be faithful to the house of God because they're still moving up and down on on the cross you know why people use every excuse in the book why they don't pray, why they don't pay their tithes, why they don't give, why they're not kind to people, it's because they're still moving up and down on the cross they're claiming their Christianity but Christ is not functioning through them I don't know why you're getting quiet now this is the good part, we have an opportunity to die to the old man and to forget the person that we were and when we finally give up all of a sudden Christ begins to live in us and the things that we have been trying to do through fleshly discipline we are doing now because the spirit of Christ is living within us we are literally the body of Christ in the earth oh I wish somebody would praise him right now come on somebody praise him like you really want to praise him Sometimes we need God to deliver us as much from our good works as we do from our sin. Because our good works are not coming from Him. There's Christians all over the world that are working in soup kitchens to ease their conscience. Well, the Bible said to serve the poor, so that's what Christians do, so that's what I'm going to do. But there is a spiritual aspect to this. Now, you, you need to you need to hone in here with me right now i don't i don't have enough time to make sure that everybody gets this this morning the spiritual aspect is they that are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god but we are led by flesh every day we're led by flesh we determine our schedule We determine what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. We determine what we're going to obey, what we're not going to obey. Well, I don't think that's a big deal. I'm not going to do that. We're looking through the scripture and say, well, I just don't agree with that. The reason you don't agree with it is because Christ is not functioning effectively in your life and the flesh is still alive. And the flesh is arguing with God and arguing with the Christ on the inside of you and suffocating what God really wants to do in your life. And the only way for a glorified Christ to live in your life is for you to die to the old man. Our prayers consist of nothing but death. Death, we pray death. God, give me things. God, do these things for me. God, fix these things for me. God, make me a better person. It doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. It flows out of your life. It doesn't come to your life. I'm going to say it again. Humility is not a gift. It's a character trait of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There is no law. That fruit does not come from spiritual discipline in the flesh. It doesn't come from you coming to church all the time. It doesn't come from you reading your Bible saying, I'm just going to be a better person. It has to flow out of you or
1: it's not the fruit of the Spirit. It's a fleshly discipline. If you've got the fruit of the Spirit, it will show out of you.
0: But in order for that to happen, you've got to let God begin to subtract some things from you. you got to let him subtract your arrogance and your pride and your stubbornness and your rebellion and your disobedience and, and your argumentative ways. Come on, we've got to get rid of the things of the flesh and quit moving up and down. Well, I just don't know
1: if I need to do that yet. God hasn't led me to do that. Hey, get your nose in the book. If you read it in the book, God is telling you to do it. Well, God didn't convict me of that. He don't have to convict you of that. Conviction doesn't please God. Faith pleases Him. You don't have to be convicted about it. You just have to believe it.
0: Now stay with me here for just a moment. Colossians 1. For by Him were all things created. For by who? We'll find out. Thank you. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things, everybody say all things, were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he's the head of the body. In the mind of God, before creation ever began, Christ was his plan. Don't lose me here. Christ was his plan. We look at Christ as being that man. That man that lived 33 and a half years, that's Christ. It's way bigger than that. Because we are the body of Christ This was his plan Before creation began All things were created by this All things were created for this Of this do all things consist We're praying for things God give me things Are you with me right now? He's the head of the body who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. The fullness of God is in his body. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say whether they be uh, things in earth or things in heaven. God created this right here to reveal himself to the world and we're trying to think about what we need to do to be a better christian i'm just going to work on this and let me list my deficiencies are you with me? Let me list my deficiencies. And if I can become better at these things, that I am going to be a better Christian. But we neglect prayer because we prayed. For our things. And God didn't answer them. God didn't give me this. He didn't do this for me. God let them die. God didn't answer this. God didn't heal them. We pray for our things and they didn't work. And so now we don't pray anymore. How in the world are you going to be like Christ. If you don't pray. Christ prayed. Christ prayed Jesus said unto him verily, verily I say unto you Except ye eat of the flesh of the son of man And drink of his blood You have no life in you Redemption is not a thing It's a person Salvation is not a thing It's a person Healing is not a thing It's a person We pray for healing as if it's a thing That God's going to do to us Are you listening right now? Don't lose me now here at the end. I know the hype is gone. But I'm trying to dig into people's spirit. We're not not asking God to do things to us. And we're not asking God to do things for us. We are believing that Christ is working through us. And when Christ works through us, guess what? If you need healing in here this morning, it's Christ. He is in you. If you've got Christ in you, you have healing. But the reason we can't receive healing and the reason we can't live in health is because we are looking for healing out there to come to us. We needed to come to us. The reason we can't be saved from our sin. How is it that we... Oh, my God, have mercy. I'm going to preach right now. How is it that we serve God on Sunday and through the week we act like we don't even know Christ and we compromise the morals of Christ and the
1: fruit of the Spirit is not operating in us? Uh, It's okay to fornicate as long as we're not doing it while we're worshiping God in the house of the Lord Christ doesn't change when you leave the building Christ in you ought to be working in you at all times to live is Christ if we're alive it's Christ everything about us ought to be Him stand to your feet
0: now Everything, everything in this book, somebody needs to hear me right now. Everything in this book, if you're looking for anything in this book but Christ, you missed it. You missed it. From Genesis to Revelation, it's Christ. It's all about Him. He was the rock that followed them in the wilderness. He was the rod in Moses' hand. He was the water at the Red Sea. He was He was the brazen serpent that they erected. He was the stone in David's sling. He was David. You can go on through the scripture. 4,000 years of typology to bring us to Christ. But now that Christ has come, all of a sudden, nothing in this book matters except for profess the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, and you shall be saved. That's it. That's the only thing that matters to some people. And then what they do is they start mentally without the Spirit. Because you must be born again of the water of the Spirit. Or you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. If you're not born again in the water of the Spirit, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Neither can you enter into the kingdom of, of heaven. You don't have to agree with that. That's the way it is. The only way to get Christ in you is to get the spirit of Christ in you. And that's the Holy Ghost. Christ said, the Comforter shall come in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever said unto you. God didn't just flip a switch and become the Holy Ghost out here in some ambiguous atmosphere. It was Christ that filled us. But the only way to function the way that God wants us to function is to let him to begin to subtract from us the things of the old man, the things that we used to be, to bury the old way, to stop arguing with God, to stop trying to be saved by religious philosophy, doc- doctrine. Doctrine is death if it doesn't produce Christ. It's death. it means nothing. And there's dead churches all across the world that are talking about Christ, but not producing Christ. The Lord needs to reach into the lives of people here this morning. And what needs to happen is we need to be praying prayers like this, God. I'm not going to tell you how I need to dress anymore. I'm not going to tell you what I agree with and don't agree with anymore. I, I'm not going to ask you to add things to my life. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not asking you, Lord, to help me to be more kind and more humble. I'm not, I'm not asking you, Lord, to help me to be more faithful. I'm just asking you to live through me. Live through me. In such a way that my flesh cannot re- resist what you're trying to do through me. You want to be a soul winner? Let Christ live through you. The flesh is the one that says, I don't have time. The flesh is the one that says, I'm too introverted. The flesh is the one that says, oh, they don't want it. That's flesh. And the prayers that we pray, boy, I'm I'm telling you, I'm going to preach it all right now the prayers that we pray right now the reason that some come to the house of God they come to the house of God and they struggle with prayer they can't even they can't even have enough focus to put three sentences together before they forget what they were talking about to the Lord and the reason is is because it's flesh and it's not Christ because when Christ prays through you the bible said we don't know what to pray for as we ought to pray but the spirit knows what to pray For it maketh intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. That's Romans chapter 8. That's the same chapter that talks about how Christ destroyed sin in the flesh. And he destroyed condemnation. So when Christ is praying. There's a passion, there's a fire, there is a zeal, there is a compassion. Lord, don't pray, Lord, make me more compassionate. Pray, Lord, let your compassion flow through
1: me. Let Christ that is in me, Lord, be more compassionate to people. Don't don't let my flesh ruin it. In the name
0: of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, God. God, I'm praying right now. I'm praying right now that you touch our minds right now. I'm praying, Lord, that you would touch our spirit. Would you lift your voice? I'm praying right now, God, that you would quicken us here. Help us, Lord, to die to the old man. Help us, Lord, to die to our will, to die to our religious ideologies and philosophies. Help us, O oh God, to just surrender completely to you once and for all. In the name of Jesus. Come on, would you would you lift your voice? I'm going to open these altars here in just a moment. In the name of the Lord, 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 in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Only the dead will survive this. Only those who died to the old way will survive this. Only those who want to be a new creature in Christ Jesus will survive this. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we're not asking you today to work on our deficiencies. We're asking you, Lord God, to help us find our way to a death on a cross. Help us, Lord God, to die to the old man. We start with repentance. Forgive us, Lord God, for the things that we've said, the things that we've thought. Forgive us, O Lord, for the iniquity of our hearts. Somebody needs to pray that right there. But you need to pray it and mean it. Forgive me, O Lord Jesus. Now, if you're just muttering a prayer, it's probably not sincere. But if there's a desperation on the inside of you, You'll say, oh God, forgive me. Forgive me for my trespasses and sin. Forgive me, oh Lord, of all of mine iniquities. Forgive me, oh Lord God, of my arrogance and my pride. Forgive me, Lord, for the lifestyle that I live, Lord, before I found you. Forgive me for the things that I've done after I found you. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help me to die to the old man that sin would be subtracted from my life, oh God, that the will, the human will that resists the things of God would be subtracted from my life by way of the cross in the name of Jesus, oh God. I pray that Christ would live in me here today. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. We're we're about to all come to the front. You're not going to listen to this word. You're not gonna to listen to this kind of preaching and walk away like the Lord never spoke to you. In the name of Jesus, oh Father, right now, God, we've got to have you. Come on, I want you to come right now. I want you to, I want you to hasten down to the altar. I want you to run down to the altar with your hands lifted in total surrender and say, Okay, okay, God, I'm tired of playing, praying for things. I'm tired of tra- praying, God, for you to make me a better person. I'm asking you, Lord God, to live in me. That Christ live in me. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, come on, with your hands lifted. With your hands lifted and your voice lifted. Oh, somebody's going to leave this place today forever changed you're going to quit worrying about the ups and downs, the ins and the outs you're going to quit worrying about the things that you need God to fix and you're just going to let Christ live in you in the name of Jesus oh God I need the fruit of your spirit I don't need my fruit I need your fruit Lord oh oh come on pray 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 this morning come on pray I'm asking you to pray with sincerity this morning without faith it's impossible to please him if you're gonna come to God you have to come in faith you can't just come repeating words you can't just come reciting knowledge oh well, hallelujah you got to say to him Lord I need your glory I need your glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Said I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him
1: crucified. Oh, hallelujah.